0: Do you ever feel overwhelmed by clutter? Trick question, I know you do. I have been there, done that repeatedly throughout my homeschool mom life and I hear from you on repeat that you feel like your world is a little out of control when it isn't tidy in your home. On today's episode, I have a delightful conversation with Emily McDermott from Simple by Emmy. Both the website and the podcast Emily and I discuss actionable declutter tips for you. How can you simplify your home, your homeschool, your family life, reduce decision fatigue, and find more peace in your daily routine? That's what Emily and I will discuss on today's episode. If you haven't already met Emily, Emily helps moms declutter their homes, their heads, and their hearts. She's an Air Force wife and stay-at-home mom to two young boys She writes about minimalism, intentional living, simple living, and habits at her blog titled Simple by Emmy. In 2014, Emily discovered minimalism. Living with less has helped her to discover her why and remove what no longer serves her in her home, her calendar, and her head. Join me in welcoming Emily from Simple by Emmy podcast, so we can declutter our homes, our heads, and our hearts too. Emily, I really appreciate what I see on your Instagram page. You shared a quote That says, your dishwasher is full, but your cup is empty. Your closet's overflowing, but you have nothing to wear. Your kids have a million toys, but they're always bored. Your schedule is packed, but you feel lonelier than ever. When will you realize that more isn't working? And I thought that is a beautiful way to introduce you because you help other women deal with their overwhelm in their mom lives. I'd love it if you would introduce yourself to my community.
1: Sure. Well, thank you so much again for having me, Teresa. And I'm Emily. My husband and I have been married 15 years and we're permanently in the greater Washington, D.C. area in Northern Virginia. He's actually in the Air Force, but we haven't had to move, which is a kind of a strange experience. (laughs) And we have two boys that are seven and five, and I have been a stay-at-home mom with them and now my youngest just started kindergarten. So I am exploring this fun entrepreneurial journey of doing my podcast and offering decluttering coaching for the overwhelmed moms that want to declutter their home head and heart. So that is kind of a little bit about me and just happy like you to help serve these overwhelmed moms so we can remember what matters and make room for that.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that is amazing. And I love connecting with other people that are doing similar things in our communities. So I'm so glad you're here. I would love to hear, first of all, okay, so you have two little boys, you're in Washington DC area, and I just spoke with you on your podcast and you were mm-hmm. sharing that your husband was encouraging you to take a backpack to your trip to Florida. So I didn't <laughs> know though that he's in the Air Force and he probably flies a couple times. <laughs> he's got a few experiences. <laughs> and so he's, uh, he's encouraging you to use a backpack to simplify <laughs> with a backpack. So, Tell me, like, what is your approach to decluttering your luggage or (laughs) simplifying things? Well,
1: yeah, maybe I wasn't a good example for that particular one. But when it comes to simplifying in general, and most people, they start with their physical stuff because it is what is overwhelming them the most. And that was kind of how it was for me that I was just overwhelmed by all of our stuff. And we were struggling with infertility, wanting to make room for a baby in our lives and realizing like this, you know, this isn't going to (laughs) work. We're not going to be able to conceive and make room if we don't have the space. So normally what we always start with is understanding what matters most because If you really love drinking coffee out of cool, funky coffee mugs and you have, oh, there you go. (laughs) She takes a sip of coffee. And so you have a hundred coffee mugs and you expect me to say, well, Teresa, that's way too many coffee mugs if you love and you use all those coffee mugs, then you allot the space for what matters to you. For me, I don't drink coffee at all. (laughs) I drink tea, you know, so (laughs) maybe I just have one or two mugs for my tea. But we want to then be able to have artificial boundaries in our home, which would be uh, uh, it's called the container concept. I did not come up with it. But it's great because you're saying, okay, what matters to me is that I'm able to have this amount of space for books, for example. And so you allot a designated space. And then when you want to fill that space, you fill it with what you love first, then what you like and anything that's a maybe or a no, then we're either going to put that out of sight, out of mind for a while, or we're going to donate or get rid of it. But so the main ways we do it is based upon setting artificial boundaries after we know what matters most, and also understanding our capacity, which I think plays into a lot with what you talk about with women, that I could have a 35 square foot, home, 3,500 square foot home, and you could be in an apartment that's like 800 square feet. But it's not that I necessarily have the capacity to manage more or less than you. So we don't need to fill our homes just because we have the space. We want to do it more based upon what we can handle and realistically manage in different seasons of our motherhood. And so, you know, what that goes for our schedules as well, just because we have the time in our schedule doesn't mean we have to be filling every single thing based upon what we can manage. So usually I look at values, artificial boundaries, and then capacity is kind of how we are making those decluttering decisions.
0: Wow, that's really good. I love that. I remember I actually sold my dream home that I built in one place. This was before we started homeschooling and I sold that home. I was thinking to simplify my life, I have to get rid of everything. So then we bought a much more humble home and that's when we started traveling for seven years and I got rid of so many things. And I remember that I got rid of a Joshua Tree U2 album, mm-hmm. or actually a cassette tape. That's how old yeah. it. I am. And I remember thinking years later, I got rid of too many things because that one mattered to me. Mm -hmm. And I learned over the course of time that just like you said, you can't get rid of everything that matters to you. You have to just get rid of the things that don't matter. So that's, that's beautifully put the way that you're sharing that. And I, what I'd love to learn more is that element you share about capacity. Is that Mm -hmm. like an emotional capacity or how do you define that?
1: I would say both, um, because I think our inclination is to look at the physical confines of our home or the confines of our schedule, and that's how we're making our decision. But I know, especially in different seasons of motherhood, with my overwhelm in different times, then I know what I can realistically manage when it comes to chores, wow. when it comes to laundry, when it comes to kids' activities when it comes to meal planning, like, and I'm continually giving myself grace in different seasons to say, okay, right now, I am okay with very simple meals, put it in the crock pot, or even just like, my husband's fine having oatmeal for dinner. (laughs) So it's like, we're just going to make it super easy, because I want to make sure I'm not exceeding my capacity to get into that overwhelming feeling that we all know when we realize that we've taken on too much. But the other thing is our children, we don't often think about like what they can realistically handle and manage. And our children, especially as their brains are developing, they're so tactile, they're learning by their senses. Mm -hmm. And if they have stuff everywhere they are overwhelmed. It's visual and tactile stimulus overwhelm. So then it's like, well, what are they actually able to manage? Maybe Mm. it's that they're having a limited wardrobe, not just because it's easier for you for doing laundry, but also for them to make a choice. Just Mm -hmm. a quick caveat or a quick little story. When I did the change out of clothes for my kids, you know, the summer to winter. Mm -hmm. I had put everything like in the drawer and we don't have that much. The kids probably have like seven to 10 pairs of pants in the drawer at a time. Okay. Cause I do laundry every day by choice. And I remember my son, Andrew, seven years old comes in in tears and he says, mommy, mommy, there's too many choices. Mm. And for him, it was too much having that number, whatever it was in his drawer for him to decide what he was going to wear. Uh-huh. And what we don't think about is our stuff is actually we, the more stuff we have, the more choices we have to make. Yes, And the more choices you make, that's decisions, which causes decision fatigue. Yes. So if you're able to streamline your stuff and remove unnecessary stuff and decisions, then you'll have more of the energy to put those decisions towards what curriculum am I, am I using for my homeschool this year? Or yeah. what activities am I going to do with the kids instead exactly. of like, what shirt am I going to wear? Because I have 50 and it's hard for me to get dressed in the morning. So Mm
0: -hmm. it all
1: goes back to understanding how you're feeling to know when you're getting close to exceeding that capacity. And then you just radically simplify (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. in order to make sure you stay within that capacity. So how would you suggest moms go about assessing where they're at and how much capacity they have?
1: Yeah. I would say that first you need to know how you're feeling in the moment. And most people will know kind of based upon self-awareness and, or maybe using some of the tools that you have, Teresa, as far as like, am I overwhelmed right now? Like what is kind of the root? Like what's going on right now? Is this just a season of, I have a bunch of, you know, holiday events coming up. And so that's what's stressing me out. And once you have that awareness, then looking at what unnecessary decisions can I remove from my life or where can I decide once? So I'm deciding once that I do laundry every day, so I don't have to think about it. Right. And so that is like, I just don't think about it. I just do it. So that frees up my brain power. I've decided that I'm going to rotate seven to 10 meals. And yeah. that's just what we're doing. I've decided once on that. So mm-hmm. that frees that up. But just, you know, I try to put out my workout clothes the night before so that I know that I can just put them on, go out for a walk, decided that once what I'm doing for movement. So anywhere where you can just remove the unnecessary decisions. Um, One other thing I want to mention for the moms that might have younger kids where you say, what do you want for dinner? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Or what do you want for lunch? I don't know. I actually made little menus with just their favorite things, put it in a dry Mm -hmm. erase sleeve and uh-huh. they'll actually uh-huh. check off what they want based upon their favorites because yeah. we're not at a point where unfortunately we're all eating the same thing all the time and uh-huh. we trying to get there. But anyway, it reduces their decision fatigue because they're able mm-hmm. to just pick instead of saying, what do you want to eat out of the hundreds of choices that there might be in the refrigerator? So it really works well for our kids to ask ourselves, what unnecessary decisions can we remove? From their lives, obviously, you know, depending on their age. I love
0: that. That it's so much good stuff in there. (laughs) I know Um, I get excited, uh,
1: Teresa. Sorry.
0: (laughs) I love it. There's, um, uh, when it comes to menu planning, like before I was married, I didn't really cook. I wasn't taught how to cook. We did a lot of stuff out of boxes and uh, when I was a kid. And so I didn't know anything more than, I don't know, stovetop stuffing or like things that came mm-hmm. in a box. And so then I wanted to learn how to cook. And I spent the first, I don't know, a few years of our marriage making very detailed things um, with things, with ingredients I'd never used before, And I won't go into details, but let's just say saffron and roasted red peppers and things that were not in my regular forte. And and then homeschooling, enter homeschooling. And I'm like, I have no idea how to feed these people, but they keep asking for food. And so then I finally decided within a couple of years, I'm doing exactly what you just did. Meal planning, there's probably, there were seven meals in a week. Actually, there were six because one of the nights was my very favorite meal right now still leftovers. And so I had six meals planned and I could literally tell you what we ate for years on any given day. And though in some ways that sounds boring, yes, but very simple, very easy to manage.
1: Yeah. And that's what you have to figure out. Like a lot of times, and I feel like it's part of the time in which we live in that you have the accessibility of so many recipes, just any recipe you want in the entire universe, you know, you can just pull up. Whereas my grandmother, she probably had her tried and true recipes in her recipe box or perhaps a cookbook or two. And so the choices were much more limited for her than Mm -hmm. they are for us. And so we're putting artificial boundaries because we have to, because there's just unlimited choices out there for us. And also I always joke about ordering socks for your kids. You you know, your kids have holes in their socks. You're like, okay, I'm going to order them socks you go on Amazon, you're reading reviews. Well, this has a five-star. Oh, but no, this person said that the the socks wear out in a month and you're looking at reviews and reviews and reviews. And it's an hour later and your kids still don't have socks (laughs) because we're just looking at all Mm -hmm. the reviews and the choices and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have to put those artificial boundaries and say, sometimes I like asking myself, what would my grandmother have done? Okay. Yeah. My grandmother has done the Don. yeah, socks. Well, that's true. She has yeah. an excellent, excellent seamstress, but if they were beyond repair for some strange reason, she would go to like the one store to buy the basic pair of socks and exactly. come home. But yet we have unlimited choices. And so that is part of what complicates our lives and yes. our ability to reduce our decision fatigue Because it's hard to tune all of that out because we know it's there and we always think, well, maybe that choice would have been better. Or, oh, you know, maybe this would be a better option. But there's so many options. How you know you can't live your life that way. (laughs) At least that's my opinion.
0: But a note on socks. Don't buy more. Just match up the ones that are already there that don't have holes. Yes. And maybe I'm just speaking to the homeschool crowd because we just do not care that much about the I don't game. either. <laughs> or at least that's a lot of a lot of people I know are like, well, pajama pajama pants qualify as pants, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes they do. Yes, but they I just do. say, you know, use whatever sock is available presently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a a really good point uh, about really trying or we have too much option. And so our tendency is to try to assess what's the best option. And meanwhile, they're growing as we're doing the Amazon reviews (laughs) and they're in a bigger size by the time we get the socks. Sometimes we need to declutter our closets, our pantries, our junk drawers, Our food storage container drawer. Did you see my Instagram reel on the Bermuda Triangle of a homeschool mom home? The plastic storage food container drawer. How are there so many more container tops than bottoms? I want to know. Sometimes we're decluttering our lives too. I've learned in my 50-year journey that having someone genuinely know me and see me and hear me is powerfully healing and a necessity. We are born to be known and seen and heard, and when we don't have that consistent connection and attachment, we'll create unhealthy attachments, we'll render our needs, and we'll always be searching outside ourselves for others to affirm us. So we need to learn how to declutter our relationships too, and learn how to show up for ourselves to learn to nurture the nurturer. When you learn to declutter your relationships, learn how to show up for yourself and learn how to nurture the nurturer, you realize you require relationships that enable you to be seen and heard authentically, and you learn to do it better for others too. And the people that don't want or don't know how to see and hear you authentically gradually drop out of your life, even though some of these relationships that drop out are ones you may truly want to keep. You recognize that you can't abandon your true self to stay in relationship with those who don't know how to be authentic with the authentic you. Hopefully, they'll come to their authentic selves too, but if they don't, when you've learned to come home to you, learn to come home to your authentic self, you'll learn you can't abandon you. If you're decluttering your life and your relationships, then I'm here to walk alongside you to support you, cheerlead you, challenge you, to build connection and be your clarifier to your authentic parts. I believe homeschool moms can and should nurture themselves as much as they desire to nurture their kids. I believe homeschool moms don't have to feel racked with guilt because of their reactivity. They can learn to self-soothe and address their anger and confusion and frustration and all their big emotions, even if they weren't taught to do it when they were kids. If I can do it, you can surely do it. I believe homeschool moms don't have to feel uncertain, confused, or overwhelmed by their homeschool life or their homeschool choices. They can be confident and even feel more than good enough. I believe homeschool moms can do interesting things that fully engage their true selves, things that have nothing to do with their home educator role. Maybe developing a side business, following their rabbit trails, or pursuing an activity that they just find interesting. I believe homeschool moms can continue to become more themselves and develop themselves alongside their growing homeschool kids. I believe homeschool moms can create authentic, supportive community not just be uber mamas waiting outside their kids' extracurriculars. I believe homeschool moms can nurture and honor their kids' unique growth journeys, watching their kids grow up to become who they were meant to be and do the things they were meant to do on this planet. And I also believe that homeschool moms should nurture and honor their unique growth journeys too, so they can become more of who they were meant to be do the things they were meant to do on this planet, too. I believe homeschool moms can build satisfying relationships that support their authentic selves. If you want to declutter your relationship with others or yourself, book a conversation with me. You'll find the booking link on the first page of my website, www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. I look forward to meeting you. Now back to decluttering. Our homes, our hearts, and our minds. Yeah, so tell me, this is a common question I get or a common discussion I have with homeschool moms is what you were speaking to, I don't know if it's the recent interview that we had or or here, Mm -hmm. but you were speaking about dishes in the sink at four o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Mm -hmm. It
0: it drives people batty to have an imperfect home. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. I was there with truly, I think, OCD tendencies, which I was trained into, raking the rug after you vacuumed it and not actually stepping on the rug until after five o'clock each day. So oh I was I was trained well. My mom said, no, 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 Teresa, that is not what happened. That was like in your junior high years. I'm like, I was with my fiance in the, in the family <laughs> room, and I was told not to step on the rug. Anyway. I have photographic evidence. You took photos of me and him in the living Anyway, so there was was training in how to keep stuff clean. So I've come a long way, girlfriend, because if Mm -hmm. I took you into my kitchen right now, there are dishes in the kitchen Mm -hmm. all over the place and I've become comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Very difficult for me to transition into that. It's been a journey. How do you help other people that are truly feeling overwhelmed by that right there?
1: Yeah, so first you decide whether the volume that you have is... Too much, right? And you're exceeding your capacity. Let's say that you're living within your capacity of the stuff. It's just that it's more of having a system around your stuff, right? So a lot of times we have papers coming in, we have mail coming in. I say, where does it go? Oh, well, it goes on the counter. Okay. And then what happens? (laughs) When people are like, that just kind of stays on the counter. Like, oh, all right. Well, let's develop a system around it because. I can go upstairs even with my mom's voice in my head saying, we never leave dishes in the sink, never know dishes in the sink. Like even now when I go home and I have a glass of water and I'm planning on using the glass later, like it's immediately swept away <laughs> into the dishwasher. So yeah. I understand what you're saying. Those voices are very strong, but if we're able to have a specific times in our day when we are doing like these room resets, for example. So I know like after the kids go to school, I have my breakfast, there might be dishes in the sink at that point, but Mm -hmm. I'm doing my kitchen reset before I start my work and so that's a time I do it, but I uh-huh. might not reset the kitchen again until dinner time. Mm-hmm. So if I am stretched thin with things going on, it's just knowing that that activity has a place in your day yeah. and setting that aside. And then you can go buy those dishes and say, I see you, and it's okay because I'm taking care of you at whatever time. So I think once you, and and then also having the volume down as far Mm -hmm. as the amount of stuff that helps a lot because, you know, my kids, they, I always hear with parents that they have like no judgment, by the way, like 10 water bottles per kid. And then it's always like, where's your water bottle? Where's your water bottle? Well, my kids have one water bottle a piece with their names on it. We always know where they are. They have one pair of sneakers a piece. They know where they live. Like if you reduce the volume, then things are more organized naturally because you're not having to search for them. Right. So I think that helps. But then also in as much as you can having natural times in your day when you can reset areas and then knowing, okay, I'm okay with something in the sink
0: because I'm going to take care of it at my next reset time. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, having fewer things really also simplifies your budget. That's yes. a different discussion. Um, but would you, is there one area that you find often women will come to you and say, okay, this is my challenge, or is there a certain, um, situation you see on repeat?
1: Yeah, I think the main thing I always hear is I don't know where to start and I don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. That would be like 90% of it, and I can address both of those as far as, first of all, the I don't know where to start. Um, Decluttering is Mm decision-making, and clutter is just delayed decision-making. You have not made a decision on something, and so it's still in your home, and when we start... You were mentioning, you know, strength training. Maybe that was in our earlier conversation. But I always say you want to learn how to flex your decision-making muscles. You're not going to start with the 50-pound weight of your most sentimental item, your grandmother's china, or the, yeah. you know, the onesie you brought your child home from in the hospital. You know, yeah. and you want to start with things that are mostly trash or like easy decisions. I recommend your car because uh-huh. it is a small contained space mostly trash or things that need to be relocated into your home. And then I recommend your medicine cabinet in your bathroom, your fridge and pantry for expired or moldy food, your maybe your um linen closet. If you're like, okay, these towels have holes in them. Like I don't, I can use them as rags or whatever. Just start with the unsentimental, unemotional. Then you can get the momentum so that you can start making some of those harder decisions. And I only recommend doing 10 to 15 minutes at a time. That's when I do the challenges in my group They're for short time spurts. That really helps not only my overwhelmed moms in general, but I have a lot of women that are saying I am either diagnosed or undiagnosed ADHD. And so they really have trouble like being able to focus. So that's why I'm always saying it all counts. And let's just do your medicine cabinet for 15 minutes. Like, can you do that? or five or 10. And -hmm. that can go into the natural course of your day, rather than putting time aside for decluttering, because
0: that's probably just not going to happen can I add underwear drawer to your list? <laughs> sure. Yes. I love that. There's a lot of underwear that could be thrown away. Cause yeah. uh, like the socks, <laughs> there's holes. <laughs> yes. No,
1: that's good. And they bring up a good point when it comes to clothing. People have asked me like, well, do you recommend the, put everything in your closet out on your bed and yeah. ask if it sparks joy? I'm like, no, like no one has time for that. You just <laughs> take one category. So if you, wanted to spend your 10 to 15 minutes on your underwear drawer, that would be a category. Then, you know, the next day you go to socks, the next day you go to short sleeve shirts. You don't do every single shirt, your own, just maybe your short sleeve shirts. And then we're able to pare down just one category at a time makes it a lot more manageable.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I I, I encourage a lot of time blocking and Mm -hmm. setting aside time for different things. And just like you said, does, you know, does my time how I'm spending my time matter right now. So here I am sitting with you having a conversation in my closet and does this matter? So then I'm going to set aside that hour time and not do the dishes on the counter. Um, Or, you know, I, what I do is tell myself I've got a two hour block on a Saturday to do the house cleaning and I turn on the podcast or whatever I'm listening to. And I just house clean. And then when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, I have been doing this um, this family life thing for 25 years, and I can see where this is going. Now that I've only got one kiddo at home, when I had four, it was different a different thing. But I still have one kiddo at home, and I'm seeing dishes still are happening, floors still <laughs> need to be swept, the laundry still is always in need of something. And now I have a homestead, so I've got all sorts of things outside as mm-hmm. well. There's always something to do; it will never get done. And if it is done, it means that you're not in the house anymore. You don't live or you don't live in the house anymore. And, and so then you just have to kind of render the idea that we'll all be done at one time and you'll probably never be ready for a spontaneous house and home photo shoot. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, girlfriend. We do not need you to. And also we would like more photos of messy houses on Instagram. <laughs> I know,
1: please, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of encouragement or um, advice would you give to moms who feel overwhelmed?
1: I would say, first of all, if you haven't figured it out, you're definitely not alone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're not doing
1: anything wrong. It's a lot of it is external pressures. And some of it is probably internal pressure as far as the expectations that you have for yourself and recognizing that the small steps do actually count. They don't seem like they do it seems maybe inconsequential that you would just maybe declutter a drawer one day and think, well, my life's chaotic. Like, how does that help? But the connection between clutter and your stress and anxiety and your, and how it impacts your health and your children's health, it is real and it is important. And even those little steps can help you. And just being almost nine years in, I guess, to my journey It has been serving me to simplify, simplify, simplify. It has served me in every season of my motherhood and continues to, because I could be having a lot of things outside of my control going on, but my home is a haven. It might be a loud haven because I have two boys, (laughs) but it's It's a haven in that I am comfortable, you know, it's tidy and I can give myself grace for the things that aren't like perfect because that's not what matters to me anymore. And so just, you know, if if your home is not at all peaceful, it's not a haven, you feel like trapped there or you feel like you'd rather be anywhere but there then something needs to change because the home is supposed Mm -hmm. to be what shelters you from the outside world and what restores you. And so any little steps you can take can help you hopefully find that peace um, within your home. And
0: I hope we can both help you with that. (laughs) Beautiful words. So how do people find you? How do they learn more about your process and can learn from you?
1: Yeah. So wherever you're listening to this, you can find uh, my podcast, Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm. And there I link to my free Facebook group where we do biweekly decluttering challenges, 15 minutes a day for five days. And then I have prizes of like coffee gift cards and free coaching. And so it's a great way to get motivated and to just take those short spurts of time. And so, yeah, that's probably the best way to connect with me.
0: So beautiful. It's such a delight to meet you, have this conversation. We should definitely do some variation of this again. I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much, Teresa. It was great talking to you. I kid you not. I'm in this Studio C, my closet, where I podcast and occasionally edit. And I'm listening to our conversation and cleaning out my underwear drawer. (laughs) Which I've been pretty good on for the last probably two years but as for the overflowing yoga pant drawer not so much so i had to pull it out and i actually did what marie kondo said which i must tell you i already have a podcast episode that speaks about that and i'm with emily (laughs) i do not have time to look at every item and say does it spark joy but i did i did and i have now got rid of three shirts one pair of yoga pants and a cardigan that has about three different kinds of buttons Reason. So, this decluttering discussion was useful for me. I'd love to hear how it was useful for you if you would head over to the socials or shoot me a message at my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com or also you could share a review over at Apple, Spotify, or any podcast player that you listen to this episode. I would be deeply appreciative. And if you head over to Instagram at Homeschool Mama Self Care, you'll discover that I do indeed share my messy kitchen for you. If you are so brave in sharing your Missy Kitchen, tag me. I'd love to see it. We need to own our homeschool realities and encourage other homeschool moms too. And speaking of other homeschool moms, in the last year, I started a homeschool mama Patreon support group. It's a paid support group. And I received some feedback from a variety of homeschool moms. One homeschool mom said, your encouraging words and insights have been encouraging to me over my homeschool years. I was intrigued about Dschool school mentality and wanted to see if I was already doing it in my homeschool or what tips I could glean. And since you seem to be very relatable and genuinely wanting to help other homeschool moms and obviously have experience to do so, I joined the Dschool school intensive. I really liked your experience of trying various philosophies, uh, homeschool philosophies, and being positive about unschooly ideas too. Another mom shared how well-rounded she understood my family to be, which is interesting because I didn't realize that she knew me in real life, but she did. She knew one of my kids. And she said, putting a mom first so she can serve her family is exactly what I needed to hear. A different mom shared, when I feel drawn to or need words of encouragement, you are there. Another mom said, your offerings have made me feel more at peace with the way my homeschool functions. And the last homeschool mom said, I've learned I need to stop listening to the world around me. My success isn't their failure. We get to our success on our own time and our children's own time. Our paths are different and we need to honor them all. And the final Homeschool Mom share, just knowing you're there and cheering us on, has been so helpful. You're invited to join the Homeschool Mama Patreon support group, too. You'll find daily discussions, inspiration, journal prompts, check-ins, private podcast episodes, and really coaching in your pocket. Oh, and weekly Homeschool Mom rooms where we will either have a support group, like we will this Friday, a book club or book discussion a writer's room to encourage your journal practice, and a monthly customized workshop. Last week in the private podcast, I shared a story about declaring myself as a home educator on a legal document. (laughs) You can listen to that podcast episode and that story that I think many homeschool moms experience on repeat, a term that no one seems to acknowledge in the general public. Let's bring that in, shall we? So if you want to join the Homeschool Mama Patreon support group, head over to www.patreon.com slash... Homeschool Mama Support Group. Emily, it was such a delight having you here on the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm delighted to introduce you to the homeschool moms that listen in this community. If you are a homeschool mom listening to Emily and she's resonated with you, I encourage you to head over to her website, Simple by Emmy, and check out her free resources, including her most popular 50 Questions Minimalists Ask, and the Decluttering Tips and Resources for overwhelmed moms newsletter of course you can find all her socials and all of these links on this podcast episode show notes titled 10 declutter tips for homeschool moms with simple by emmy if this podcast was an encouragement for you would you share it with someone you know would benefit too and if you're not hearing this from anyone else i want you to know you can turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms You got this, girlfriend.